Yo, what's going on, guys? Before we get on with today's episode, I just want everyone listening to this today to make sure you're following us on Instagram at QF Podcast and on Twitter at QF Podcast underscore. And check out our YouTube channel at Quarantine Football Podcast. You know, we post our episodes on YouTube and all that good stuff. And everyone listening today, I want you all to do one quick favor for me. Tell a friend about us. You know, share the link with one of your friends today. Doesn't have to be multiple friends. Could be mul- could be multiple. Could be just one. But tell a friend to tell a friend. Get our show out there. Word of mouth. You know the vibes. Thank you, everyone. And, and we hope you enjoyed today's episode. All right, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Quarantine Football. Uh, I'm one of your co-hosts, Nate. I'm here with my lovely co-host, Dorian. Dorian, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Nate. I'm super excited for today and ready to talk some football. Yeah, man, I'm I'm really excited, uh, especially because we have our very special guest today, uh, former Broncos cornerback, also CFL cornerback, Marcus Rios. Marcus, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, man. I'm excited, you know, to speak with you guys and share yourself, you know, share myself more with you guys and, you know, show the world. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, uh, something that uh, we always like to start off these interviews with, uh, just a very broad statement or just a way to kind of kick it off is how did you know that you wanted to play football and how did you kind of get from like your childhood to like where you are now in terms of your football journey? Uh, my family's been a big time football family since I was young. And uh, so I, I honestly knew, you know, since, you know, since I could remember probably about three, four years old, you know, running around the house, you know, playing football, playing with my uh, brothers and sisters and stuff like that. So I definitely knew at a very young age, like, this is something I really wanted to, you know, take serious and, you know, make a living out of. Yeah. And then when did you kind of like, when did you lock into like the cornerback position? Like, what was your journey through like the different positions of the sport? Um, well, you know, I've always been an athlete, so, um, you know, I was very athletic, so I played a lot of different positions, but um, as for a cornerback, I really locked in, honestly, not till high school. Uh, once I started getting a lot of offers and attention there, then I kind of focused down on one position, and I knew, okay, I could really go far at this position, so that's when I channeled in and focused. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, kind of a question that I like to ask the cornerbacks, and I kind of feel like I know the answer. But yeah. do you guys feel like you're the best athletes on the field? Oh, definitely. Definitely. You know, we got to go full speed and we're doing everything backwards. And, you know, we're guessing routes. We got to guess the route. You know, the receiver knows what route they're doing. You know, we don't know. And we're doing it backwards. So, you know, I definitely uh, think we are the best athletes on the field. <laughs> so you, you kind of spoke about uh, going into your high school career and you spent some time, you spent your college career at UCLA. What? Uh, UCLA is like on game day or even like ju- just preparing for the game? Oh, well, UCLA was is big time football. You know, um, you know, I had a coach Moore there. He's a, you know, former NFL coach as well. So, you know, his, you know, that NFL attitude and mindset, you know, I learned that since day one coming in there as a true freshman. So, you know, the game day atmosphere was amazing. You know, was, I remember the first time I played, you know, uh, versus USC in a Rose Bowl with, you know, 50,000 plus there and packed stadium and, the, you know, just going through the tunnels and doing the uh, Rose Bowl walk when we go in the stadium and fans cheering. It was an amazing experience, man. I had the, you know, the funnest time of my life there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You know, 
when you're in those kind of like bowl games, high pressure situations, like actually pretty much every play for you as a cornerback, uh, like you're, you're tasked with preventing, you're tasked with stopping for the receiver from getting to end zone, stopping them from making a catch. And, uh, yeah. you know, that could always be pretty pressure inducing. So how would you say that that pressure as a cornerback uh, and in those big moment, moments has really like defined you as a player? Uh, you know, for me, I'm a big guy. I'm a big guy on preparation. You know, my preparation is real strict. Uh, I follow a real strict routine. So, you know, I'm able to go in games and make plays. So it's all about preparation, which allows me to, you know, make the plays I need to uh, make and, you know, know the keys, know the calls, what to expect from the formations, you know, the favorite route concepts and everything like that. It starts with preparation. And that's one thing I learned being at UCLA. You know, with Coach Moore, with bringing that NFL attitude, you know, we studied a lot, we watched a lot of film, and it just came, you know, they made it fun, and it was just a habit, and, you know, that's how I was able to, to perform good on game days. Yeah, definitely. You know, making, making habits out of the things that are going on outside of, like, off the field and on the field, uh, it's definitely a really good way to prepare. Uh, and a way to prepare for the more difficult aspects of playing corner in pretty much every position on the field. Uh, and, you know, me and Dorian, like as fans, as uh, NFL fans and as just football fans in general, we watch from this vantage point where we can kind of see the entire field. We can see everything that's going on at once. Whereas like on the football field, I'd imagine the experience is very different. Uh, yeah. And, you know, fans have this tendency to like criticize often. Like they're like, oh, like he yeah. should have been there. He should have been there. He should have exactly, been doing this. Yeah. You know, they, they don't really they don't really know like what what actually should be going on most of the time. Yeah. So what would you say, you know, as someone who's on the field, as someone who's playing quarterback, would you say the toughest part of playing your position is that a fan that's watching casually might not really expect? Uh, you know, well, things change. You know, a coach calls a play and, you know, the receiver can do one thing or they can make a check and, you know, it's a whole entire new play. And then, it's you, you know, one play could really be five plays in one. You know, we got different calls, different checks and, and stuff like that. So, really, it's just, you know, it's just – you know, as for the criticism part, you know, I just tend to, you know, forget about it. You know, I don't really tend to think about that too much because I know, you know, someone's always going to have something to say. So I just, you know, focus on my game and, you know, I play my game to the best of my ability I can. Yeah. And obviously playing to your ability got you into the NFL. You yes, were an undrafted free agent for the Denver Broncos. So what was that like getting that call? I, I know, like, Every, everyone goes in the draft hoping they get a call, but even after yeah. the draft, it's huge when you get a call. What what was your attitude and what were your feelings? Uh, my attitude was great. You know, this is something I worked hard since I was a kid. You know, I put in countless hours. Uh, honestly, you know, I you know I started training this way at the pro level since uh, sixth grade. You know, shout out to my big brother, uh, Brandon Thompson, in the Sacramento area. But um, you know, he he took me under his wing, and you know, I was training at a high level since then. And, you know, it didn't stop. So from sixth grade, seventh, eighth, and for so on, and, you know, to, you know, to work hard all those years to finally see it pay off and, you know, being able to see the smile and, you know, all my family happy and cheering for me, you know, we, we completed the mission. You know, this was a mission since I was in sixth grade. And, you know, we got to get them to the NFL. So it just my family just really helping me. Each Every person in my life had a certain role, uh, you know, that took, 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 took uh, time for me to get there. So that's exactly, you know, just seeing their smiles, you know, it just, it just paid off, you know, realizing like my childhood dream just came through. Definitely, man. And I mean, you were in a cornerback room with guys like Chris Harris Jr. Yeah. I believe, I'm, I'm not a hundred, uh, Keep was still there, I believe. Yep. Yeah. Like what, what was, what was that like to be able to be with guys, veterans like that in the NFL? 
man, it was crazy. Like even Chan Bailey's around a lot. So I was even learning from him, but, uh, you know, Chris Harris, Akeem Tlaib, TJ Ward, Justin Simmons, you know, all those guys, you know, they really just took me under their wing. You know, they, you know, they were real good guys. You know, I was nervous at first, but you know, anytime I had questions, they would answer, they would help me on the field. And, you know, just learning from them, learning from the greats and future Hall of Famers, it was just a real great experience. And it really taught me a lot about my game and how I could, how definitely how I can improve on my game as well. Yeah, definitely. You know, that, that makes a lot of sense. And also, you know, on that Broncos team, the U.S. at, at that point and currently too, uh, had like an absolutely vaunted pass rush there. Uh, how yeah. did that impact like the ability for the corners to play? Like, did that give you a lot more freedom? Like, was it fun to kind of be, uh, what, did it make it more fun to like be on your assignments, like be playing there uh, when you knew that you had the pass rush screaming at the quarterback every play? Well, that's something every DB, you know, wants is, the, you know, the line. And the line doesn't get enough credit, so I always make sure I get the D-line credit. But, you know, to be able to only have to cover for two seconds instead of four, four or five seconds or, you know what I mean, that's, you know, that's a plus. And, you know, the quarterbacks with that pressure, you know, the quarterback's going to throw them right to you. So as long as you have, you know, good technique, you're where you're supposed to be, you know, you'll end up getting the play. Yeah, okay. and then – you know, like UCLA is obviously like a very high-level program, uh, play against a lot of very high-level schools at the college level. But what was that transition like, you know, going from UCLA to going to the NFL? Um, like, what would you say some of the biggest differences on the field were? The biggest differences, really, for me, because, like I said, like with Coach Mora and all that and my position coach, they were, you know, they're NFL coaches. You know, they were – they put a lot of players in the NFL, so they prepared us a lot, so – as for the like physical part and you know the mental part, I already had it. I came in day one, was able to study the plays. You know, I good habits. You know, practice habits and all that stuff. We are, I was already to you know excel at that. That's part of the reasons why I was able to stick out. You know, in front of all the rookies. But I say well, the hardest adjustment would just be you know you, you you just can't mess up. You know, I mean you mess up twice, you mess up twice. You know, you could be gone the next day, and that's something I learned. You know, with my with my two years there, it was just like you know. You'll see a guy there, and then, you know, they mess up on two or three plays. Next day, you see a brand-new guy, or you're leaving practice, and you see 30 players trying out. So it's just being on top of it all the time. That was probably, you know, not the hardest adjustment, but probably the most cutthroat thing. Like, you really got to be on it because, you know, if you mess up, you never know. Like, they're always trying to replace you, always trying to find someone better. So that was probably, the you know, the biggest change, you know, that I wasn't used to. Yeah. And, you know, how is that altered, like being an undrafted free agent? Because, you know, a lot of these guys that are drafted up in like the first round, second round, third round, yeah. they have really high expectations coming in, but they also might have a little bit of a longer leash on them. You know, it might be like, hey, like you, if you don't perform the best this year, we still think you have a lot of potential. So we're going to keep yeah. you around. How was that experience different? Like what were some of the challenges associated with being an undrafted free agent? Well, undrafted, you know, they're looking at you as a you're, you're a maybe guy, you know, you're just like, OK, let's see how he does in camp you know, maybe he can compete, but, it, you know, he's not really a priority. So that was my mission since day one. You know, when I get in there, you know, my presence will be felt, you know, I will be recognized and, you know, my work ethic and I will outwork everyone. And that's partly, you know, how I got recognized, you know, put myself in a great position since day one. You know, the first day I knew all the plays, you know, I was playing corner, you know, nickel, safety. I knew all I knew how to play all the positions and, you know, during conditioning drills, I'm the first one done, you know, I'm going full speed, you know, coaches don't have to yell at me, do anything like that. I knew that was the only way, you know, I was going to give myself the best chance to make that team. And then, you know, that's exactly what I did. And they recognized that day one. And that's how I, I was able to separate myself from the rest. 
definitely. And you were eventually promoted up to the active roster, which is yeah, which is awesome for anybody to just be on the active roster on game day. Yeah, yeah, that was really, you know, all the hard work paid off, you know, it was just like the coaches were telling me, Mark is real, you know, because a lot of times the NFL, you know, they wanted to move me up earlier, but it's all about, you know, roster size and all that is, that's another change. It's strictly business, you know, college is more so about football, NFL is a lot more business. So, you know, things may not go your way just strictly on roster size or someone gets injured, they got to move someone else up, you know, so, you know, I had to be patient, but, you know, all the hard work paid off and I end up getting activated and end up playing six games. So, you know, that was, that was a great experience as well. Awesome. And you've also spent some time in the CFL with the Winnipeg uh, Blue Bombers, correct? Yeah, exactly. So um, two years, two years ago, I was with the Broncos and then um, I had got released and then, uh, you know, I had to prove myself once again. So I said, okay, uh, my agent called, said a CFL team wants to sign, you know, go, go there, do your thing. And, you know, you'll gain NFL interest after that. So that's exactly what I did. And, uh, you know, I took it same, same thing with the same mindset, the NFL mindset, you know, uh, a lot of guys, you know, CFL was actually, you know, harder for the roster to make the team because they only allowed, I think it was about probably six American DBs. That's all it. So, you know, we're at training camp and there's about 20 of us. So, and, you know, guys like me who were in the NFL, great players, you know, who just got released and needed another shot. So these, you're going against high, you know, caliber NFL guys. So it's like, and only six of us are going to make it because there's so much, you know, ratio on the team that you can have with Americans and, you know, Canadians. So it was extremely difficult to make the team. But once again, you know, day one, you know, I separate myself. Uh, I was versatile, was able to know all the plays and it ended up going well for me. Uh, ended up, you know, starting a lot of games, and we ended up winning the Great Cup championship my first year. You know, and that was something, you know, my CFL team hasn't done in years. So, you know, to play a part of that, to say, you know, I was a part of history and, you know, wear that championship ring around and, you know, end up – and I also end up gaining more NFL interest as well. So I'm training now, you know. I got a couple of workouts coming up. So, you know, I'm just – you know, hard work pays off, man. <laughs> yeah, Definitely. <laughs> You know, you were talking about some of that competition, like, among the team when you were vying for a roster spot there. Uh, but I was also thinking about, like, competition, like, between the teams, obviously, you know, game day type of competition, the CFL. We see a lot of guys that are, like, out of the NFL go to the CFL, and they're still, like, maybe, like, maybe they had lower expectations for the CFL, and they still don't play as great as a lot of people would expect. But with you, you know, you really showed out on the field. Uh, you had a crazy pick six during the season. That, that, was, that was nuts. Yeah. But, I mean – uh, like, what were some of the like? What would you say are some of the keys to his success for you transitioning from the NFL to the CFL that made you able to be successful on the field? Uh, really, just preparation, and I'm I'm a workaholic, so I work my technique. I knew it was going to be a challenge, you know, especially as a DB in the CFL. It's a lot harder to cover. You're doing a lot of running, and it's so fast paced. So you got to be in shape. Your cover skills have to be on point. There's no room for mistakes because you know the receivers have right you know, head start running at you full speed. So you mess up, you fall step once, it's over, it's, it's touchdown. So, you know, that was something I had to focus on was really challenge, you know, challenging my, you know, technique. And, you know, that actually made me a better DB now. So I feel like once I get my next opportunity at the NFL, I'm going to be a whole lot better because of that. You know, just, you know, on my technique, I really had to focus on that. Yeah, definitely. You know, you're someone who you said that you're like really about the preparation, about being ready yeah. for the game. I think that's an amazing way to approach football. Um, but when you think back to like the to your NCAA career, to your NFL career, to your CFL career, just as a whole, 
what was what would you say is like the toughest or one of the toughest offenses you've ever played against, even despite preparing for them? Like what was what was an offense that really caught you off guard or really like went at you hard? I would say, um, let's see. I would say uh, USC was always a challenge. USC was always a challenge. You know, uh, you know that's our rivalry. They're always, you know, putting new stuff in. You know, they're trying any way to, you know, get get back at us. So definitely USC. You know, they always brought their A game. And um, outside of that, that's pretty much it. You know what I mean? Like we didn't really see too much difference. And you know, uh, you know, I, I've always been very well prepared. So it was like nothing we never seen before. I expected everything. You know pretty much was thrown my way, you know, that's how I was taught, that's how I was learned. So nothing really, you know, outside of the ordinary, you know, made me, you know, nervous about anything because I knew I was well prepared. So I know like no matter what, you know, they could have those unscouted looks, you know, I when it comes down to trusting your preparation and your technique and you gotta learn to adjust. And that was something I was something I am able to do is adjust on the fly. So, you know, that's what makes me a special player. Yeah, you talk about being uh, preparation and also being able to prepare on the fly, but I was doing a little bit of reading, and in 2013, you were diagnosed with aspergillosis, correct? Yeah, aspergillus, so, aspergillus, yeah. Aspergillus, so yeah. it's, it's an ext- for those who don't know, it's an extremely rare condition, but, you know, can, can you talk about what yeah. your mentality was going through that? Yeah, so, you know, it was... Like I said, it started um, my sophomore year. So as a true freshman, had a great year, got a lot of playing time. Uh, you know, it's going in, okay, now I'm competing for a starting spot this next year. And then all of a sudden, boom, I just, you know, end up getting sick. And, you know, it started with headaches and, you know, I, I couldn't eat, I couldn't sleep, and it kept getting worse and worse. And, you know, by this time, I'm missing a lot of practice. Uh, you know, I could barely concentrate in school. And, uh, you know, it's like, so the, I went to the doctors. They thought it was just a normal sinus infection. So I didn't have about, about prior to them actually figuring out what it exactly was, I had about four surgeries. So that took me out pretty much, you know, out of my whole sophomore year, you know, football was pretty much over. I had to register, I had to focus on my health. And then, you know, um, but I was still going to practice then. I, stuck. I was still going to practice, still going to class, all that. So, you know, I'm going, I'm going to practice, you know, every day with no sleep, not eating, you know, it was, it was extremely tough for me, but you know, I'm, I'm tough minded. I'm a tough kid. So I was able to, you know, persevere through that. And the day, the life changing day where I knew something was wrong and, you know, this eventually changed everything was one day I was in class and all of a sudden my eyesight just went blank, gone. So that's when I knew, all right, something's up. So then I go to the hospital, they, uh, they actually rushed me to the hospital. You know, I show up, and then next thing I know, like, I don't even re- really remember what happened. I was in so much pain. But I wake up out of surgery, and uh, they had to do emergency surgery. So I woke up, and they're like, yeah, you know, he has aspergillus. It's an invasive fungal infection in the base of my brain and the left orbital of my eye, which is why my eyesight just went gone. So it was pretty much, you know, this uh, invasive disease that was eating me away since – I don't know how long. I believe this started probably towards my last year of high school and it just kept getting worse and worse and worse and worse. But, um, you know, that's, that's exactly what they diagnosed me with. So I'm at five surgeries at this point. Um, I end up getting two more. So total about like seven or plus more. I, I so many, I lost count. So, um, you know, like I said, I took the toll of my sophomore year and then junior year was pretty much me 
trying to rebuild, get back on the field. But, the, you know, the most important thing I want to talk to you guys about was, uh, you know, while I was in the hospital, you know, I did the surgery, I woke up, but that wasn't it. That was just the surgery, you know, the, how they were able to figure out. So at this point, I was, you know, I had two options and the doctors told me, and I remember them, they, they, they didn't specifically, you know, tell me, but I heard them talking to my parents in there. Uh, they didn't know I was awake, but I heard the doctor tell my parents, like, okay, we have two options. Like, you know, it's either one is, you know, to get to the infection, they were probably going to have to remove my eye. And I knew if that was going to happen, then, you know, football was out the picture. So that, that was one option. The next option was not do that, wait and see if he responds to any medications. But if I don't respond good, you know, my time was limited. They said probably I probably only had about a month left in me like I couldn't eat in there you know I was barely sleeping and I was in a lot of pain it was literally eating my brain and eyesight away and you know I was on 24-hour watch so you know there was it was crazy in there so they were like you know they told me I had those two options so when I woke up and I'm kind of alert my parents tell me and the doctors tell me they're like Marcus you know what exactly you know here's our two options and the doctor's pretty much saying like look we're gonna have to go in remove your eye and, uh, you know, try to get to this infection before, you know, it, it kills you. And I said, you know, I asked them, okay, what are my other options? They're saying, well, you know, and I had doctors from all over the world, you know, coming in trying to help me. And they said, um, well, we can try different medi medications and IVs because I was taking a whole bunch of antifungal stuff, but it wasn't really working. So they said, you know, we can try that. But if we try that, you know, it's, made too, it's too late. And I was like, you know, so they said, we'll give you time to discuss had about 30 minutes to discuss because it was, you know, so, you know, it was, it was almost time, you know what I mean? They had to figure out something to do. So then I talked with uh, my parents. I'm like, look, mom, like, dad, like, you know, my mom's like, there's nothing to think about. Like, you need to get your eye chopped out, you know what I mean? And be healthy, like, forget football, like, we need your life. And I said, mom, look, like, you know, like, some memory was telling me, you know, God, you know, was telling me to just wait. You know what I mean? And, you know, I'm a real big on faith. And uh, I never ignore when God gives me signs. So I'm telling my parents, and my mom, I'm like, yo, like, I'm telling you, God speaking through me, I'm going to be okay. Uh, let's just wait it out. I'm going to respond to some medications. And uh, shoot, it took the whole day to, you know, get my parents to agree with that. <laughs> you know, because I'm telling them, like, I'm meant for football. I'm meant for this. I know I have. I know this is my purpose. You know, God's telling me. And, you know, God was truly speaking through me you know what I mean and that's something that I'll never forget you know what I mean it was like a voice in my head telling me you know I'm gonna be okay just you know wait it out and you know I'm gonna take care of you and that's what I told my parents and eventually I got them to side with me it was very difficult uh you know you, you know when you're signing waivers saying you know if your son dies in the next you know month you know it's not our fault and you hearing me saying oh I just I want to play football and God's telling me this when a simple fix is this could be you know, you know, not believe in your faith and go with was rational and say, okay, you know, cut his eye out, you know, he'll live to see another day. And, you know, so, but I knew I had, you know, a bigger purpose. So, you know, I told my parents that we agreed to it. So it was a scary point at that time. And, um, you know, so now I'm sitting here, we're, you know, we signed the waiver. So I'm like, all right, this is it. Like, you know what I mean? If, if, if I'm going out this way, I'm going out this way. But, you know, I always stayed positive. I never thought about the negative. You know, and I, I actually requested a room with a view overlooking the practice field. I knew I had to get my mind right. I knew I had to stay mentally strong as much as I could 
due to the medications and just all the stress. And I knew like, you know, a lot of stuff was going to try to tear me down from this. So I knew my mind had to be, you know, as positive, you know, as possible to, you know, fight this. So that's exactly what I did. And every day I would wake up, you know, with the little energy I had, you know, my teammates had practice. We had, back then we had practice at around 5.30. I would get up, you know, watch my teammates practice and really just envision myself getting back on that field and a doctor coming in saying, you know, you're going to be healthy, you're going to play football again. So we did that for about two weeks. Uh, they found a, a medication that was called a uh, asplofungin and uh, I responded well to it. And, um, you know, after about a couple months, started gaining my eyesight back, uh, you know, started moving around again, was able to walk again, uh, was able to eat. And then, you know, about three months later, you know, I'm out the hospital. <laughs> so it was, you know, it was an amazing story, but it taught me a lot and something that's, you know, changed me forever. Like, you know, Marcus, you, you know, you, you're a tough kid, but, you know, always keep your faith. And, uh, you know, always work hard and always, you know, work to inspire and help others because you never know what may happen. But, the, you know, the number one lesson for me was, you know, I could overcome anything. You know what I mean? Like, I just overcame the toughest thing, obstacle I was ever facing in my life. So, you know, after this, it was like, okay, I just, I just beat death, literally. So, football is, is nothing to me now. You know, school is nothing to me now. Me being successful is nothing to me now. So, you know, my mindset changed and I was more focused and, you know, it was a great experience, but I believe it was a true blessing, you know, for all my family and just, just, you know, just being a witness, you know, to help others, to show others, like, you know, you, you can have the most devastating, you know, event or, the, you know, the most negative thing that happened to you. But if you take it, you know, if you stand on 10 toes and, you know, you stay positive and you look on the bright side and you truly, truly give it all you got, you know, you will make it through the other side. Yeah, wow. I mean, that's that's an amazing story, Marcus. I mean, that's very, very touching. And, uh, you know, I was just wondering, like, football is a family. Like, people people around football, they really care yeah. about each other very deeply. How how did other people respond, like, after, after you recovered miraculously and had – I mean, you lost 50 pounds during the recovery process. And, I mean, yeah. when, you, <laughs> when you got back on the field and you were practicing again, you were getting back into the game, somehow getting back up to an elite level where you were still competing for an NFL spot. I mean, how did other people respond around you? How did, like, was there a lot of encouragement from people? Uh, I mean, were there a lot of NFL guys reaching out to you with encouragement? How was that whole thing after? Oh, definitely. Well, but, you know, shout out to, you know, Coach Moore and UCLA, you know, they always have my back and, you know, just due to, to the medical team and the, you know, the staff to the teachers getting me back on track, you know, to graduate and all that stuff. Like, Everyone, you know, was cheering me on. But one thing they didn't have to worry about me, they knew, like, my work ethic. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's like, you know, I'm three months out the hospital. You wouldn't even know I just went through that. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm out here running full speed and lifting weights again and this and that. Yeah, I had challenges in between. But it's like, you know, you wouldn't even notice I went through that. That's how my attitude was. So, like, you know, everyone he was able to feed off that. And, you know, they were able to cheer me on and, you know, just – help me out along the way, you know, reach, you know, get back to the top again. Yeah. And, you know, you've talked about how you think that experience has, I mean, it made football a lot easier because you were like, okay, if I could get through this, then I could get through football too. Like football is nothing compared to this. Do you think that it worked at all in the other way around? Do you think that your background in football and your work ethic in football 
actually helped you through the recovery process to know that, you know, you had that strong support around you to know that you had a team to know that you had the work ethic from football. Like, do you think that the, do you think that your football life before actually helped you with the recovery? Definitely. Definitely. And I, you know, football is, is what I tell all the athletes, you know, who I mentor, all the young players who I coach and, uh, you know, football is life. You know what I mean? The way you attack football is how you're going to attack life. So you got to be, you know, a team player. You know, you got to be able to communicate. You got to be able to respect everyone. You got to be able to, you know, help others. You know, you're going to face adversity in football. Things aren't going to go your way. You're going to have bad plays. You're going to have bad practices. You're going to lose those big games. But it's how you respond, you know, that's, you know, how you eventually be successful. And that's eventually life, you know. Life can be going your way. You can have the best job. And then now you see the COVID-19, the virus, and now people are losing jobs and, you know, you might have lost what you worked hard for, but, you know, that's that's life. You know what I mean? So you just got to be prepared and, you know, work as hard as you can. But, you know, as long as you keep going, you know, you'll eventually you will be successful. And the only person that could ultimately, you know, stop you from being successful is you. You know, so, you know, football is life. And that's what I teach all the young guys who I coach, you know, like treat football like life, responsibilities, getting up early, doing what you got to do, being prepared all that stuff is going to help you be, you know, perform better at life. So I would definitely say football definitely helped me, you know, overcome this, you know, infection that I had and ended up, you know, allowing me to be successful. Yeah. And I think that that's kind of, it's a really beautiful comparison between football and life, especially coming from you because you played cornerback, you still play cornerback and defensive back. And as a defensive back, like you said, you're going backwards, you know, you're, you're defending, you're trying to stop those big plays from happening. You're under pressure. Yeah you're in tough situations and when life came and then when life came at you with one of those tough situations, you know, when you had to cover for yourself, when you had to go a little bit backwards and, and, you know, really defend from yourself from this infection, you were ready for it. That's, I think that's really amazing. Yeah. And that's what I tell the athletes, you know, adversity will strike no matter how successful you are, no matter how good you're doing, adversity will strike. So have a plan when it's ready and, you know, tell yourself you're not going to give up and those who don't give up, you know, they'll, they'll end up shining because, you know, those who grind in the dark will shine in the light. So, you know, you just got to keep going. That's it. Definitely, man. Uh, like Nate said, that's just an amazing story. And your football background and, you know, every, everything definitely helped you out. Yeah. And definitely. also for, for those who don't know, you know, TikTok is kind of a huge deal. So that's actually how I was, I was able to find you and we got in contact with yeah. each other was through TikTok. Yeah. And, I think the coolest part about it was you're using your platform as a way to teach not only football fans, but can you talk about that? Because I mean, one of my favorite things was you do, yeah, you play corner, but you also teach about the wide receiver routes. And so that that was one of my favorite videos that you did teaching about the wide receiver routes. I remember, uh, I believe it was the sun route you did recently. Yeah. Describing Uh that. So can you go into how you got onto TikTok and how you, uh, decided to use your platform? Uh, so big thing is, was, you know, with this virus happening, and I said, you know what, I need to do something. I'm not just going to sit around and, you know, I run a training business, so I'm training kids, you know, on the fields and stuff like that. But due to the virus, you know, I wanted to expand. I feel like I could do more. And that's something big about me and my family. And, you know, everyone I'm associated with, you know, we're, we're big time helpers. And, you know, we do everything we can to help and give back. That's how I was raised. So, um, you know, I said, okay, you know, what's something I could do? What's one, what's one way, you know, I could easily reach a lot of people. And I said, okay, TikTok. 
So then I was like, you know, I was kind of like, at first I was like, ah, I don't know, maybe it's not good. But, uh, you know, I got on it as soon as, you know, first post, you know, kids are loving me. And, you know, I'm able to coach, you know, kids all over, the, you know, the nation, all over the world, honestly, uh, you know, just virtually online and, you know, just giving them hope and, you know, uh, you know, teaching them stuff. You know, not, not only I do motivation, you know, I do football, I do, you know, all sports, I do life in general. So I'm able to not only coach them as sports, but in life in general. And I think, you know, there's a, you know, more people like young, you know, young men like me in my position, you know, we definitely need to do that more. And I feel like that's definitely my responsibility. And that's something I will always continue to do in my life because it's, it's required, you know, you can't, you can't, you, you got to give back. And I feel like, you know, that's what I need to do. But yeah, TikTok really exploded to me, uh, really exploded for me. And uh, it's very successful. The kids love me. They're able to learn and I'm able to teach them pro stuff. That's part of the reason why I actually started my company, uh, Undefeated Sports Training. It's an online football training uh, program, and it's called Train the Pro Way. So I'm teaching these kids the same way I learned from, you know, my cousins and all my other family members, you know, who also played in the NFL and stuff. You know, I wanted to teach them at an early age about, you know, habits and, you know, just being prepared and knowing exactly what to do. So not only can they excel, you know, on the field, but also off the field as well with my motivation and my family advice. So pretty much it's a whole setup. I'm pretty much my goal is, you know, I want these kids to be training at a pro level at a very young age so they can, you know, set themselves up for success. Yeah, definitely. I think that's that's the awesome part about the whole social media age we're in and what happened during quarantine. Because like, like we told you before we started recording, it was yeah. Nate and Ryan, who was our other co-host, they started this and it, and it was just a really cool idea to be able to talk football because yeah. that, that, that's our outlet at the end of the day. Yeah, we exactly. can see each other. And so, and then they got me on here and we've just been rolling ever since. And I think it was one of the best decisions that we could have made because it, yeah. was, it was a way for us to be able to have an outlet and also try and create a platform, especially with, with at least being the sports sports field definitely like i, I want to be a journalist so this, yeah. this is helping me out and yeah. some, something i've spoken to is enjoying enjoying the journey enjoying what's going on and just practice 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 like you mentioned before preparation is key yeah yeah definitely yeah. and also wait when we have like when we have our football players on one of the things that we like to do is project everyone's story to our audience. You know, people mm -hmm. that are people that play football obviously have a ton to learn from what we talk about in terms of on the field stuff. I mean, when people tell us like what what's the toughest part of the position you play, stuff like that. Uh, but off the field also, I think that pretty much everyone that listens, whether they're a football fan, a football player, or neither of the two, I mean, there's a ton to learn. I mean, from stories like yours, from stories like others that we've heard, uh, there's always a lot to learn. And something that like during quarantine, when you're at your house during this whole virus. Uh, there are still things to do. And one of those things is to learn from others. One of those things is to keep on working out, keep on grinding at home, you know? Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I mean, besides like besides TikTok, besides spreading your message there, uh, what are some other things that you've been doing personally during quarantine? Uh, really just, you know, working on myself, you know, really the business. I've been having time, a lot of time. Normally, you know, I've been in training camp by now, you know, with OTAs and stuff like that. Um, so, you know, I had a lot of time to work on that and you really just, you know, my main mission during this whole quarantine time was to reach kids and uh, help them out. That was my number one mission because I know like a lot of their seasons are getting canceled and, you know, they don't they don't have nowhere to work out. And I'm showing them ways to work out at home or to, you know, go to a park and train.
train and get better, you know, and keep preparing yourself. So that was primarily my main focus of, you know, uh, building my business and, you know, helping, you know, others, other uh, young, young men like me and, you know, people, kids of all sports, you know, uh, figure out a way to, you know, get better and, you know, continue, you know, uh, pursuing their dreams. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's for for me not to get too controversial, not necessarily controversial, but as you know, as a black male in the society in society nowadays, it's it's definitely a plus when I see someone who's mentoring because that that's something I think that's absolutely necessary that we need to be able to move forward and be able to be comfortable with having mentors. And I think having a social media platform or even just being being able to post your workouts, I think is definitely a plus for us moving forward. Yeah, definitely, definitely. You know, I have kids reaching out to me all the time, you know, especially with the world events going on and they're saying, you know, I'm dealing with this or someone thinks this about me and how do they, how do you deal with criticism? And, you know, when people are saying negative things and, you know, for me to be able to, you know, be that mentor, you know, when I go live and they ask questions like that, you know, it's priceless for me. You know I mean? It's something money can't buy. And that's, you know, like I tell everyone, you know, I don't, I don't care about the fame or nothing like that. My main goal is to help. You know what I mean? That's, that's my riches in life. The, you know, the bigger my, I hope my platform is big, you know what I mean? Not to be, you know, money or fame or nothing like that, but it's just really to just impact more kids. So when things like this happen, you know, I could really, get a stronghold on all of them, you know, steer them in that right direction. So, you know, this is something I love doing. It's something I'll definitely continue doing, you know, for us forever. Definitely. I think my favorite quote that I've heard is, if you enjoy what you're doing, at the end of the day, it doesn't, it doesn't matter where you're getting paid. It, yeah. Just, you, you enjoy what you're doing. Yeah, definitely. I, I totally agree with that. You know, I enjoy helping kids. That's part of the reason why. You know, after my football career is over, I'll be a full-time trainer, a mentor, and motivational speaker, and I'll go around and talk to kids and train and all that stuff, you know, so they can, you know, just learn learn from, you know, the best people around. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. So I just have one more question. If you had to rank your, fav- or your top five favorite corners right now in the league, <laughs> other than yourself, who, who would you say? Well, I have three favorites. First is, you know, my uh, family down there in Sacramento, Terrence Mitchell. He's definitely my favorite. Uh, you know, he plays for the Browns right now. He's definitely a guy I looked up to. Second is, you know, Brandon Thompson. That's my big brother right there. He taught me a lot. And third would be Deion Sanders. Outside of those three, uh, I, don't, I don't care about no, no other DB. <laughs> those three, yeah, those three are my favorite. You know what I mean? They taught me those two guys, uh, Brandon Thompson and Terrence Mitchell. They taught me everything I know. So, uh, you know, shout out to them in the Sacramento area, you know, because I'm from Sacramento, but I live in Denver now. So, uh, you know, those guys, you know, they're definitely my favorite DBs. Oh, yeah. Deion Sanders is one of my favorites, too. Mostly because, you know, Nate knows I'm a Cowboys fan. So oh, okay. Okay. I, I love Deion Sanders for, you know, all the years in the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But, you know. Uh, with that, that's going to pretty much do it for our show. Thank you so much, Marcus, for coming on. Do you got any last things that you want to say to our audience? Uh, you know, just um, everyone watching, you know, keep working hard. Uh, stay tuned. Follow up with my story and my journey, you know, as I'm, you know, working my way back to the NFL and I'm training hard. Also, you know, I have an undefeated sports online training, football training, but it's, you know, it can be geared for all sports and, you know, all athletes of all ages. So it's, you can visit it at undefeatedsports.co. 
and it's available now. You can train the pro way from nutrition courses, uh, recruiting, weight training, field training, family advice, recovery, pretty much everything you need to know to be successful. And, you know, I thank you guys for, you know, viewing in and watching this. And, you know, like I always say, keep dominating the day. Absolutely, Marcus. Keep dominating the day. Uh, everyone, be sure go take take Marcus's word seriously. Go check out what he's doing. It's really some amazing stuff over there. Uh, and Dorian, my wonderful co-host, do you have anything else to close this out here? Uh, I just want to say thank you for coming on. You know, it's a huge honor for us to be able to have you. And for our listeners, make sure you go follow him on TikTok at Marcus underscore Rios and on Instagram at Marcus Rios Official. You got some awesome content, like he said. And yeah, thank you for coming on, man. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate you guys. And, you know, I wish you guys nothing but the best. Yeah, you too, Marcus. And thank you, everyone, for listening.